third chapter of John. I'm going to go through verses 1 through 8 today. The third chapter of John. And it reads, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said this to you. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The book of John is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's a book that's highly recommended that you read whenever you start reading the Bible for the very first time. John chapter 3 is especially one of my favorite chapters. It details a very intimate moment with Jesus and a wealthy, influential religious leader and teacher named Nicodemus. If you've never read the book of John, I highly recommend that you do so. The book of John was written on 1st century A.D., which is Anno Domino, Latin for the year of the Lord. This book was recorded by the disciple John, and John was one of the twelve disciples. He wrote it as an account to everything that he heard and saw during his time with Jesus. And John wrote this book so that people could understand and believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and God in the flesh. The Gospel of John paints a complete picture of who Jesus is. It's a powerful book that can be a source to help bring someone to a right relationship with Christ. The name John is derived from the Hebrew, which means Yahweh is gracious. That's my name, and God has certainly been gracious to me. Now, who was this man, Nicodemus? He was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were an influential religious group of people in Judaism in the time of Christ in the early church. They were known for being very religious and reverent on trying to keep even the smallest details of God's law. In the Gospels, most of the Pharisees were known as self-righteous and prideful in their achievements. They thought they were pleasing to God because they worked so hard to keep even the smallest details of the law or parts of it at least. There was this uh, law that they had that they couldn't do any work on the Sabbath. And it was a problem because they got water from a well. And getting water from a well was work, and you couldn't tie a knot. So the, there was a, a caveat to that where a woman can tie something on her girdle. So instead of tying a knot, they would tie a bunch of girdles together to go get the water just to find a way around the law. So the Pharisees were often presented as hypocrites, and proud opponents of Jesus. 
Jesus stated many times that they don't practice what they preach. They taught that all the Jews should observe over 600 plus laws in the Torah. But Matthew 23, 28, 27 and 28 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, which indeed you appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Are we like that? Outwardly righteous, but full of sin on the inside? Jesus here warns them that you can be religious, you can be a scribe, you can be a Pharisee, and outwardly righteous, but inside full of sin, dead like a whitewashed tomb. Nicodemus was also a ruler of the Jews. He was part of the great Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. And Sanhedrin is a word that means assembly or council. And it was a Jewish Supreme Court of ancient Israel. He was no ordinary man. He was a very important man. He was a ruler. He was a senator in the parliament of that day. He was also a teacher of Israel and a theological professor. He was a very, very smart person. He was a very religious person. Compare yourself to Nicodemus. He fasted two days a week. He spent two hours every day at the temple in prayer. And he tied the tenth of all his income. But yet, there was still something missing in his life. Something missing on the inside. How would you compare to Nicodemus? Do you think Nicodemus was good enough to go to heaven through his works? He was religious. He did a lot of good works. And he did a lot of good things. He was a very important person. He was a teacher. And yet something was missing in his life. Galatians 2.16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Nicodemus knew that it wasn't enough. There was something missing in his life. There was an emptiness. And this emptiness caused them to search Jesus privately by night. He knew deep down in his heart, that something was missing. And you might be here today, and you know that something is missing in your life. Works alone won't satisfy that emptiness. You could never be good enough to get yourself to heaven. But the good news is, you don't have to be. Jesus Christ has made a way for you to go to heaven and spend an eternity with him. Romans 3, verse 10 and 12 says, There is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is no one who does good, 
No, not one. You might be a person here and you do a lot of good deeds. Or you might be a person that's really bad. And you know that there's something missing in your life. Nicodemus knew this. And he searched for Jesus for answers. You might be here today searching for answers. Deep within your heart. Answers that can only be found in Jesus Christ. In verse 2, we see that Nicodemus sought an intimate, private moment to be alone with Jesus. So he sought him out privately by night. It says, This man came to Jesus by night, and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus considered Jesus a teacher who had come from God because he saw all the miraculous signs that Jesus did, and this proved to Nicodemus that God was with him. So he humbly, honestly, earnestly seeks Jesus for answers. This private encounter is recorded for us in the book of John. This one moment with Jesus that made all the difference in Nicodemus' life. Just one encounter with Jesus can make all the difference in your life. It did for me. Have you had that encounter with him? Today might be your day. Don't miss out on the very opportunity that God gives you to spend time with him. It'll change your life forever. Just one encounter with Jesus can make all the difference in the world. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Have you had that personal encounter with Jesus? Have you sought him intimately and privately in the stillness of your heart? Nicodemus did. And you might be here today searching for answers that only God can provide. Jesus had us all the answers that you'll ever need, all of the answers that you're looking for. He has power to change your life, no matter what your situation. He can give you a new start and a new life, and a new hope and a new purpose. He can fill you with joy that you've never experienced before. If you let him in, if you seek him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you will seek me, and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. As we read in these three verses, Jesus will say one of the most important and profound statements to Nicodemus in verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. To be born again literally means to be born from above. To be born into the family of God and to become a child of God. This was the beginning of a brand new life that Jesus was offering to Nicodemus. A regeneration of his spiritual life because it was dead in sin. 
Most assuredly, Nicodemus. This means this is for sure. This is certain. There's no question about this. I'm assuring you of this. Unless you are born again, you won't be able to see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you won't be able to even see, he says, biblical truths found in his word. If you're not born again and you read the Bible, it won't make sense to you. It'll be boring to you. You'll have no hunger, no appetite, no desire to read it because you're dead inside. Does this make sense to you, Nicodemus? There's something blinding you. You won't be able to see spiritual truths that I'm going to explain to you unless you become born again. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded their minds so that they don't believe. And they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Imagine going through life blind. A lot of us are going through life spiritually blind. And we're unable to see God's truths. We don't know where we're going spiritually or where will we end up eternally. Some of us here are walking blind because of sin in our life. And Jesus wants to remove the sin from your life. But you've got to give him control of your life. You've got to be born again. Unless you are, you won't be able to see the kingdom of God. You guys heard the song Amazing Grace? It says, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. God's amazing grace that was extended through His Son, Jesus Christ, can help, help set you free and help you to see spiritually. Jesus tells Nicodemus, you won't be able to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, I love you too much to leave you in your sin. You're blind, Nicodemus. You don't know where you're going. You don't know where you're heading. And many of you here, it's the same for you. You think you're saved, but there's sin in your life, and you're spiritually dead, and you don't know where you're going. And God is warning you. John 14 Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want to go to heaven? Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among which men might be saved. Nicodemus represented what was the best that man has to offer. So imagine how surprised he was when Jesus said to him, you must be born again. No matter how great you are in your own personal attempts, your best efforts, 
it won't be enough to get you into heaven. You can't do it on your own. I've tried and you mess up and you go back. The Bible says that your best days are but a filthy rags in comparison to God's holiness. And that's a description of a woman's menstrual rag. But the good news is that you don't have to do it on your own. Jesus did it for you. You just need to believe and receive. At the age of about, I don't know if I was 8 or 10, someone invited my family to a church. And I went to the children's class in the back. And I remember someone pulled me to the side. And someone shared the gospel with me and gave me the greatest news ever. He asked me if I wanted to go to heaven. He asked me if I wanted to make sure today that my name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And as a kid, that sounded great. I had no questions. Where do I sign up? My heart was ready. Why did the Lord reach me at such a young age? I don't know. But I received. I believed. And I know that that day something changed inside of me. I willingly said, I believe you, Lord. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I want to go to heaven. Forgive me. And I was so excited. Something changed. I was so happy on the inside. I told my mom she didn't understand. I was expecting her to be happier. She's a lot happier now. But back then, she didn't understand like Nicodemus. I was born again. That happened at a very young age for me because I believed and I received the free gift of salvation. Will you believe? Will you receive? It doesn't matter how old you are. God wants to make things right with you. And you know inside your heart the Lord will show you if you need to be born again. In verse 7, you will see that Jesus didn't say you should be born again. He said you must be born again. Do you have that assurance? Do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? Have you truly been born again, born from above? Now, why do we need to be reborn? What happened that we had to die? Sin. Sin entered the world. And sin brings about death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Verses 14 through 16. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely what? You shall surely die. God was serious when he said this. 
And when Adam and Eve disobeyed, sin entered the world and death came along with it. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. That's why we need to be born again. We are spiritually dead because of our sins, because of the sin that has been passed down to us. That's why Jesus came to save us, to help us be reborn, not just the flesh, but spiritually inside your heart. John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, what, believes in him would not, what, perish. That means die. But instead, you'll have everlasting life. God doesn't want you to perish. He wants you to live forever with him in heaven. How many of you would like to live forever? As a little boy, I raised my hand and I said, I want to. And I gave the Lord my heart. But you must be born again. Some of you think that God hates you. That he's waiting to judge you. And condemn you. But God's not waiting to judge you. He's not waiting to condemn you. He's waiting to receive you with mercy and love and open arms and forgive you of all of your sins. God sent Jesus to this world on a rescue mission to save you and me. John 3.17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But you must be born again. You must come alive spiritually if you want to enter the kingdom of God. You must be born from above, and this is going to take a supernatural act of God. You can't do it on your own. The Holy Spirit has to convict you that you are in sin, And then he regenerates you when you let him in. And that's when you become born again. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you and he helps you in your weaknesses. And he gives you an assurance where you don't fear death. He gives you love. He gives you peace. He gives you joy. And he opens your eyes so that you can see spiritual truths and understand God's word. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. Thank you, Mom. I told you my mommy. (laughs) I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Some of us have a hard heart and God wants to replace it with a tender heart but you must let him in. How many of you would like to start your whole life over 
You regret some of the things that you did in the past, some of the mistakes that you've made. Well, God offers you a brand new start. He gives you a new birth in Christ, a new opportunity to be born again. Will you take it? I love the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, and it's a Christmas carol to Uncle Scrooge because it shows you a person that gets a second chance at life and the joy that they have when they receive that second chance. They thought everything was over, and you might think everything is over. You might think it's too late for you, but it's not too late for you. God can give you a new start. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I have an uncle who lives in El Salvador. I never met him before. My dad would tell me stories about him and they weren't good. He was the older brother and he was a mean brother. So if any of you mean brothers here, be careful. Your nephews are going to find out. But he used to beat up my brother, my dad. He used to hurt him and call him names. And my dad, when he found out he was dying, he wanted to go reach out to him to forgive him and to offer him the plan of salvation. But my uncle didn't receive it. I'm not sure why his heart wasn't ready. But a year after my dad died, my uncle came to visit this country. And uh, my mom gathered us together so we could meet him. And when I met him, I felt nothing but love for him. He was a humble old man in his 70s. And I felt the Lord telling me, talk to him. Tell him about me. But there was too many people. We were having a family gathering. And I couldn't find an intimate, quiet time alone with him. And I kept telling the Lord, Lord, there'll be another time. And just when I had a small moment with him, somebody called and said, let's go take a family picture. And I was grieved and I said, Lord, I feel you strongly telling me to talk to my uncle, but there's no opportunity, Lord. And before I knew it, he was getting in the car, he was getting ready to leave. And I said goodbye to him. And as I turned around, I just felt the Lord grieved in my heart. He said, you're not going to obey me. And I had a conversation with the Lord. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. But in my heart, I was telling the Lord, Lord, he's in the car, Lord. There's three other people there. This is not the time, Lord. The Lord was telling me, now is the time. And I started crying. And I walked back to the car, and my mom was surprised. And I knocked on the door, and she's like, what do you need? And I opened the door. And I looked directly at him. And I don't remember what I said. But I told him that God loves him. That God died for him. And that God is offering them a free gift of salvation. 
I don't remember every detail. But I didn't see my uncle for a week, and I had no idea. My uncle told me that he believed and he received. He told me that he doesn't know why he didn't do it when my dad talked to him. But the Lord used me to share the gospel with him, and now he's born again. He's a different person. He came again a year later, and he's on fire for the Lord. He's been baptized. He's reading his Bible daily. I talked to him yesterday, and I said, Uncle, tell me about your life. He said, Son, I'm a new man. I'm a new person. I'm not the way I used to be. I don't know why I waited so long. And it was a miracle that at 72, he heard God's whisper, and he listened, and he took it, and he said, Son, I knew this would be my last opportunity. I knew that this was my final chance, and I wasn't going to pass it up. How about you? This might be your one and only chance. This might be the only time where your heart is tender for the gospel. And my uncle is born again, and he says, Son, I'm 73 now, and I'm not afraid to die. If I die today, I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven because I've been born again. And Jesus tells Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And in verse 4, he says, Nicodemus confused now. How? How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Of course, that's impossible. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Nicodemus came to Jesus in the dark, and he was still in the dark spiritually about things of salvation, about spiritual matters. He didn't understand. He wanted to understand things intellectually, but he didn't understand them spiritually. He was thinking of the physical birth, and God was speaking of the spiritual birth. But at least he was trying to understand. At least he was asking, how? Not what do you mean? Even though it didn't make sense to him, it was impossible. It's not possible on our own. It's not a work that God has given us to do. It's a work that he will do if you let him in. Nicodemus asked an honest question. How is this possible? He was confused. How am I going to enter my mother's womb? Especially at his age. So Jesus says in verse 5, Most assuredly, I say to you, here goes the word again, Most assuredly, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which born of the Spirit is spirit. Here it is again. Most assuredly, for certain, Nicodemus, without a doubt, listen to me, Nicodemus. Open your heart, not just your mind. Let me be absolutely clear. These are Jesus' words. Unless you are born again from the Spirit, 
you can't enter the kingdom of God. Not only will you not see it, Nicodemus, but now you won't enter it unless you are born again spiritually. John Corson explains it this way. When a baby is born, the water breaks, correct? The baby is birthed. This speaks of a natural birth, a physical birth. But we also have to be born spiritually, not just physically. We must be born again. We have to have a physical birth. That's why we're here on this earth. You have a birth date, but you have to have a spiritual birth too. Has that happened for you? Do you know the day that you were born again? That's what he means when he says born of water and the spirit. All of us have experienced the first part. We're here because of that. You were born from flesh, your flesh. But have you been born from the spirit? Are you spiritually alive? John 1, 12, 13 says, But as many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believed in his name, who were born, here it is again, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. Has that happened for you? You must be born again. When I was a child, I jumped at those words. I said, I want to be born again. And so I'm so glad I did. And that's why I'm here today sharing that good news with you. If you're ready, if you want to know how, this is how you can do it. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth, I had to confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because with your heart, one believes unto righteousness. Not just your mind, your heart. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. I think it was last year. Last year, Leah turned 16. Yes. Last year, um, my daughter turned 16. And uh, in my wife's family, there's a tradition where you do a sweet 16 or a quinceanera. And I said, it's too expensive. We're not going to do it. My, my wife, so humble, so awesome. She's an awesome, awesome wife. I couldn't ask the Lord for a better one. She just prays. And then the Lord speaks to me. And I said, Lord, I'm going to use it as ministry. My family doesn't come to church a lot of times, so this will be a way to bring the church to them. And I said, I'll agree to the Sweet 16 as long as it's filled with Jesus. As long as the message is filled with the Lord. And my pastor agreed to share. And one of my wife's family members, you know, it gets so expensive when you're doing the Sweet 16. My wife has a big family, so if I didn't invite you, I'm sorry. Okay? She has a big family. But a family member of hers that lives up north asked on the week of, when you're already doing the budget and counting everything, is it okay 
if I bring my cousin? And in my heart, she said, honey, what do you think? I said, honey, don't ask me because I'm a numbers guy and I'm going to tell you no. But thankfully, I left it up to her. And the beautiful person that she is, she said, of course, you can come. And this person said that they went through a tough time just to get here. And when they got there, they heard the worship. They heard the music. They heard the message. And they said something inside of them was longing for more. The next day, we went to a family barbecue. And this person was there. And I didn't realize that this person had dealt with depression all of her life. Oppression and possibly even possession. Because as we were getting ready to leave, she said, I was hoping that you guys would take the time to pray for me. So we gathered her inside the house. We began to pray with her. And as we were praying, something happened and she passed out. She started convulsing. And we, we felt that was a demon that was taking over her, her body. So we started praying. We started praying and she would agonize and say, what's happening to me? I don't understand. Why does this happen to me? And we started praying and she would come in and out. And as we were praying for several minutes, she started talking and I said, believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you. Just say the words, Lord Jesus, save me. We didn't have time to research a sinner's prayer. All she was able to say was, Lord, save me, forgive me. And that demon came out. She threw up something I've never seen before. And she said, I, don't, I can't explain it, but there's a peace in my heart that I've never felt before. Something's different inside of me. All she did was call on the name of the Lord and she was saved right before our own eyes. And here Jesus is telling Nicodemus, don't be confused about this, Nicodemus. You must be born again. Not you should, you must. You can't just profess that you know Christ. Many of us here do. We go to church. Maybe you read your Bible, but you don't know Him spiritually, personally. Change in your heart hasn't happened. And Nicodemus, he couldn't understand. So if you hear God whisper in your eye that you need to be born again, you listen, you come. This might be your only moment. John 4.24 says, God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And lastly, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. I couldn't physically see with my eyes what happened to my wife's family member. But we saw the effects. We saw her change and we asked her the next week and she said, every time I went through the buildings of Sacramento, 
this depression and anxiety would come over me. This is the first week that I haven't felt that. Something inside of her changed and we couldn't see it like the wind. It was spiritual, but it was evident. You can't see the Spirit of God, but you can tell that He's moving in the lives of people. You can see when someone has been truly born again. You will see it in the way that they live. You will see it in their life that God lives inside of them. You can't just profess it. You will be able to see it. There are many people who profess to be born again, but they're really not. If you're truly born again, you'll bear the fruit of the Spirit. The word wind in the Greek is ruach. It means wind, breath, or spirit. And like the wind, the Spirit is invisible, but it's powerful. It's evident, and it lives inside of me, and it's changed me, and people can see the effects of a changed life. You can't explain it. You can't predict it. You don't know when it's moving, but it moves in a variety of directions, just like the wind. You perceive its motion when you look at the trees. You can feel it. You know it exists by the effects that it produces. So is everyone that is born of the Holy Spirit. The effects are discernible and sensible, just like the wind. And the Spirit of God will use the Word of God to help you become a child of God. And this might be your only moment. Will you allow Him into your life? John chapter 5, 24 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who hears my word and believes in Him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Do you hear His voice right now? He wants to bring you to life. He is offering you the opportunity for a new life, a free gift of salvation, my life has never been the same since I received Him. And I wouldn't trade it for anything that this world has to offer. I'm so grateful that the Lord reached me at a young age. That He reached my uncle at an older age, which is a miracle. Because as you get older, your heart gets harder. And you've heard it over and over again. So your spirit is dying, is dead. And you might never have another moment like this. My uncle was wise at his age, and he didn't take it for granted. He believed and he received the free gift of salvation found in Jesus Christ. And you might be here today, and you're not sure that you've been born again. You're not sure that you're truly saved. You might be a good person. You might be a religious person. You might be a teacher. You might be a pastor. But you're not sure that you're born again. You may go to church every Sunday, but if Christ were to look at you, would He say, you must be born again? Maybe you've walked away from Christ and you've been living in sin so much that you feel spiritually dead inside. 
Jesus is offering you forgiveness and eternal life. But you must turn. You must repent of your sins. You must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the free gift of eternal life. You can't earn it. You must receive it. He won't force it on you. He's a gentleman. He loves you. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through. He knows the real you that nobody else knows. And He still loves you just the way you are. But He loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants to give you new birth. He wants to give you new life. He wants to clean you up. How do you know if you're truly born again? Romans 8 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You will have peace. You will have joy. You will have love. If you don't have that, then you might not be born again. You will bear fruits of the Spirit. You can't produce fruit on your own. Every year you might say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and you can't. Because only the Spirit can do this. Like the wind moving in your life, the Spirit is moving, calling you to salvation.